What's happening, man? What's going on, Falcons fans, man? It's your boy, uh, Daylon Rollins with I Have the Answers podcast, man. And like, if you heard the one before, this is bigger and better, so everything's a little bit more clear. You know what I'm saying? If you're just now checking in with me, that's your fault. Do better in life. Um, today we're gonna talk about our first two uh, draft picks. Like I told y'all yesterday. Uh, this episode is geared just towards them two because I feel like those two uh, are gonna play immediately, play a lot immediately, and you just need to know where they're gonna fit, where you, where they're gonna play, and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, one's a cornerback, so he'll be on the corner. The other one's a D tackle, but uh, he could be anywhere. You know, he might could linebacker, line up in linebacker. You never know. I don't think he's skinny enough now, but he probably could in the future. You never know. So that's what we're here to talk about, man. That's what you're here to listen to. Um, before I forget though Tell everybody to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe Subscribe is the game, you know I don't want to keep sending y'all text out And listen to this, listen to that You know what I'm saying, just hey Do a brother a favor, subscribe That way it come to your phone easily You know what I'm saying, and if you're putting somebody on my podcast Tell them to subscribe Alright, so that's enough of the commercial stuff Let's jump right in it, and we got my boy First round pick Number 16, AJ Terrell To the Atlanta Falcons, man so we're going to start there. Uh, first, let's do a little background. Like I said, uh, went to Westlake with him for a year, I think. I think I only went there for a year, if I'm mistaken. And it actually, yeah, it had to be a year because I remember playing in the spring game with him. Uh, sometimes we allow eighth graders to come play early. So I don't know if it was one of those situations. But I just remember, this is when, you know, when you you... you when you're one of the top athletes in in high school uh, at your school, you know it's it's always fun, and I can I can I can say that I was one of the top guys on the football team, uh, vocally, uh, mentally, characteristically, you know, just a, a captain, you know. So when you walk around with a, a certain swag about yourself, you know what I'm saying. So I just remember walking to the track practice. I didn't run track my 12th grade year, so I I, I remember walking to track practice with my flip flops on. And, uh, you know, that's just a different type of swag When you can walk around athletic facility with your flip-flops on You know you're not working out, but you know what I'm saying? I think I just got done And I, I seen one of my coaches, uh, Coach Covington Now, Coach Covington, uh, I've been Coach Covington coached me for four years at Westlake Through all the coaching changes, he stayed there So this is, you know, this is my boy I believe in thing that, that he say And I just remember him coming up to me and he say Dalen, I got something for you I got something for you. I just he just kept bragging. I got something for you. I got something for you. This is before spring practice, and he says, "I boy AJ." He says, "AJ is uh, that's Ariel's sister because we was watching his sister run track at this point, you know." Uh, so I remember Coach saying, "Yeah, his his uh, brother." Her little brother is five woo, woo, All that And you know when you hear that You like man Whatever man Everybody's supposed to be five You know what I'm saying So it wasn't until the spring practice That uh, he came And played And I think If I remember correctly He was at receiver first And that's why coach was bragging on him so much Because he was at receiver So uh, And I played receiver at the time I played like full I played everything on the offensive line So uh, To wrap the story up Basically he comes over And uh, I think another one of our coaches Asked him to go to the defense And at that time That was so uncharacteristic For coach love At the time To allow somebody Because me and him Had just kind of Had an argument that season About me playing Both sides of the ball Not an argument But we kind of had a difference Or whatever Of opinion 
And uh, so I remember when they tried him out, I'm like, dang, who, who is this kid? So spring game comes, coach splits like half and half. He was on the other team. So I actually did get to line up with, against him and uh, see him play or whatever. So boom, I, that was my first taste of AJ. That was me breaking the surface. So then you fast forward to I'm in college. And, you know, uh, you ride, you you know, when you playing on a team, you like, dog, nah, Georgia got the best ballers, we, we, all that. You know what I'm saying? Westlake was the best at all that. We got ballers there, all that. So this would have been his sophomore year. They, I remember, I, I just remember being uh, in Maryville in my dorm every Friday night. Checking the Westlake games and AJ making a splash, like you know, just like, dang, okay, he he actually is a baller. And then you fast forward to junior year, man, the stuff that he did as a junior, it was just like, okay, this guy, he's that. And if I'm if I remember correctly, his sophomore year, he actually was an impact player. I think that was the year they went to the playoffs, and I think he had a pick six and a, a fumble recovery. If I'm mistaken, I might have those years switched up his junior year or whatever. But uh, it, I, I just remember it was his junior year that made me – I think I went to go see a game at Langston. I think they had it all white on. And the, the players were clean. They had new jerseys. They had the black jerseys. It, it was just a good feel. They, they had went to the playoffs the year before. Now I'm like, okay, this guy AJ. So I go to a game. This is around his senior year I think uh, his senior year and I just remember thinking they got this boy on an island I, I, you rarely see that in high school you rarely go to a high school game and see a coach trust a player on an island and when I say an island that means there's no safety help okay that's a lot of trust for a player the game goes on I think, I think in this one game literally I'm not exaggerating I think I seen him play receiver quarterback and uh, DB, you know what I'm saying? So off the off paper, he's an athlete. Like he was in high school, he's one of those guys that had ATH next to his name, which means he's an athlete. Okay, he was a baller. So that was evident. And it was around that time that I that he became a player to watch for me. Obviously, he went to Westlake, so it was easy to watch. You know, what I'm saying? you hear about him, you know his family and the community. You know, it, it's easy to attach yourself to him. And then you go through that awkward moment. It's like, can I can I fanboy over somebody who you know? And it's almost like, why, why do people feel like they can't be a fan of somebody they know? You know, like, why did I have, uh, why did I have feelings like that? Like, what, can I be a fan of somebody? Quickly erase that. Like, nah, this guy is from the community. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm behind this kid 100%. So, boom, I follow him to Clemson. Uh, at Clemson, his first year, I can't remember he if he played a lot of snaps I know he did play but I can't remember the corners they had and the situations they had so that was the year I think that was the year before the national championship so boom his sophomore year he's making a splash he's getting picks fumble like he's he's all over the place he's the player that I thought he would be then he goes to the national championship now and I, listen I'm I'm the realest media person you ever gonna see if I talk smack about you I, I, if I talk smack about you I'm gonna see you and say I'm a, I talk smack about you because this is this is on record you know what I'm saying I remember this is another side sub story i remember going to the club one time i was with my partner and uh he knew some nfl players and it was actually calvin ridley uh Devontae freeman and justin hardy i as soon as i seen i dapped up i'm like yo this is a true story i was talking to christian it was christian i was talking to christian and in the corner of my eye i see a dude dap up christian another dude dap up christian i look i'm like that's Devonte freeman so he say he say he pointed them and pointed me like you know what i'm saying hey this is so i dapped him up i'm like yo what Devonte? hey i be talking smack about your blocking 
And he just kind of looked at me. I said, hey, but I, I want you to, I want you to, you know what I'm saying, get money. I want you to do good. I see Justin Hardy. I say, hey, bro, I was the one who was talking smack under your pictures because he actually went back and forth for me one time. And then Calvin really looked like a straight up murderer. I didn't say not one word to him. And I, that was a true, this is a true story. I saw Calvin really, man, I knew instantly that boy is a thug. Like he ain't showing y'all the real him because <laughs> the way he carried himself in that club. But I was like, nah, I ain't going to dap him up. But. So like I said, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see you and I'm gonna say. So when I see next time I see AJ, I'm gonna tell him, hey, I had Alabama beating y'all. I, I'll never forget. We sit down and my, my dad's like, the game's literally about to start national anthem. And my dad, I'm like, yeah, I'm going for AJ because he's from South Fulton. So I want him to have a bad game, but it ain't no way he holding Jerry Judy down and and you know what I'm saying? Ain't no way because these are not just Jerry Judy; it's some ballers. So what? I, the perfect game would have been AJ have a pick or lock down the player, and then. Alabama win. First play of the game. I realized I had been lying to myself for the two weeks we had to wait on that national to get championship. The first play of the game, everybody knows this play. This is a legendary play. Tua is this all this is the he's the next uh prophet. First play, pick six, AJ Terrell. I jumped off my seat. I ran around the kitchen. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is for it's over with. He's done. at that moment I knew Alabama was done. Okay. So then boom, you fast forward to the next year. This is his senior year, would be or junior year. I think he was there for yeah, this had to be senior year. So it was his junior year last year? When he played when he when they lost to uh LSU? Okay, well, this is junior year. So, okay, so boom, that's his junior year. Caleb says that's that is an accurate statement. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say that's true or not true. But uh, you play in the national championship against LSU. Now, fans, this is where y'all get conflicted because this is your only. This is this is what y'all was going off of. This is y'all only. Uh, what do you call it? I don't know something. This is what y'all was going off of. Y'all was going off of that one game. Okay, y'all was taking that one game and saying, okay, this is how he's going to do in the NFL. Do y'all realize 14 players from LSU, from that team, LSU went to the NFL, 14. Essentially, that is an NFL team. Essentially, I think that LSU team could have beat the worst team in the NFL that year. And that's saying a whole bunch. That's grown men. That's saying a whole, whole bunch. I truly believe that LSU team could play with Miami or uh, Cincinnati at that time. So you 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 get the feel of the game. I remember early on they tried them. They I tried them on like a deep crossing route, and the release of the wide receiver was good. But AJ uh, kind of was in his pocket, made a play. And I'm like, okay, he can stick with him. He can stick with him. But watching this game, you got this feeling of LSU is about to explode. Like LSU is just about to explode. It's, it's that's a lot for the defense to handle. Even on one of his on one of the touchdown plays, if you watch the overhead view, AJ is made a play. Joe Burrow chose to throw it to AJ, but if you look at the other side of the corner, that other corner was beat. <laughs> and I think it was playing man, so the safety it wasn't no safety help. I think it was a, a it was it might have been one safety over, uh, like in the middle, but the way it was going, the way the routes was, they had a go on the outside, go on the outside, maybe a a corner in the middle like he was just occupied and then he still chose to throw it to uh, AJ so everybody knows the outcome of that game they get beat he gets uh, scored on maybe like twice or something like that and I'm we're still talking remember I'm talking about the first two so that's why I'm going in depth about AJ 
y'all go back and look at them plays. Y'all go back and look at them plays. Y'all go back and look at them plays. I'ma stand by this. I will stand by this. I will stand by this. AJ was in perfect position. Maybe not perfect, but he was in great position. That was good defense. That th- those are plays that when you come to the sidelines, you just dap the player up and say, "Hey, next time," because you did what you did what you could. You know what I'm saying? Two of them plays, it was a push off. So the play where he didn't score, but it was a long the bomb that I'm talking about. Joe Burrow threw it. it that come on now, we talking about a four four two guy, a four four two guy. Ain't no separation like that on the four four two guy. It just don't that just don't happen. It just doesn't happen. It's science. If you're on a four four two, you don't get separation like that on the fly. We talking about a corner that played in uh, Clemson who went against receivers. He played for Clemson. You don't get separation like that on a fly on a corner like that without pushing off. So if you go back and look at the film, you're gonna see the push off. Okay, he made the play. Then. Uh, one of the one of the touchdowns, he was in great position. I think it was like a little jab step inside and a fade. It was a fade route, but he did some fancy stuff. AJ was there. Joe Burrow made a perfect throw. Joe Burrow made a perfect throw. That was the reason why he was number one. Joe, that, you go look at them throws, man. Joe Burrow made some throws in that national championship game. So I can't I can't necessarily fault AJ. Yeah, when he looks at the fam, he's gonna say, I mean, well, I could have did this better. I could have plastered to the receiver. I could have did this better. But to the naked fan eye. Y'all looking at it like, oh, he just got beat up. No, let's go reevaluate that one game. The one game, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one game he lost his whole career. Maybe he lost some his freshman year, but in two years, that was the one game. You know what I'm saying? So why are we pulling out that one game? So, okay, if you do watch that game, from an analyst point of view, if I say AJ is a guy that I like, AJ is a guy that I want, what are the positives from that game? The number one positive that I took away from that game, then then hear me. The number one positive that I took away from that game is every time AJ got beat on the play, how did he react? How did he react? All right, those 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 images stick in my head. Those images stick in my head. You in the NFL, you see guys get beat. The first thing they do when they get up, they show their palms. Like, come on, they either look for the ref, like ref, you gonna help me out, or they look at their teammate and point, like, bro, you had over top. That was you. You didn't see none of that from AJ. You didn't see none of that. If he got beat, he got up and was like, hey, that that's it. That's what it is. Come on, let's line up again though. And I can take that. I can take that loss from a, a, a like I said, fourteen players went to the nfl maybe 15 i think 14 got drafted and that's not counting the two or three four that got signed after that like that was a great squad you know what i'm saying so with all that being said uh let's go through his player profile per se you know Mm. take a sip of water so his positives um, as a player. This is what we get from AJ Terrell. Like I said, those are all his. his that was the backstory. Now it's getting into the meat of it. What do we get from him? He's six one. I think that's a lie. I ain't gonna lie. I I I, I think that's a lie. Uh, with the hair and the, add the cleats, because I ain't never measure. I, I hate when people give me measurements and or girls be like, "Damn, how tall are you?" I'm like, "Baby, listen, I'm six feet." Cause you ain't finna see me with my shoes off, you know what I'm saying? I, I, and I wear one, so but I'm like six one, six six feet, you know what I'm saying, give or take. So when they grade in players and they give me that six one, I'm like, nah. What is he in helmet and cleats? And in helmet and cleats, I'm I, I, he's six two. He gotta be six two. That's a tall corner. Four four two speed. That's that's really fast. Uh, nobody who's finna listen to this can run a four four two. 
Uh, maybe I can with months of training, you know. <laughs> but nobody else is going to run. You know what I'm saying? So, the 4 for 2 that's pretty fast. I think that was, like, the, actually the fifth fastest time uh, with the separation being the biggest jump was 1 and 2. 1 and 2 might have been a, a 4-3 something. But after that, it was 4-4, four, 4-4 four, four, four something. Four, four. So, 4-4-2, four, four, pretty fast uh, and effortlessly. If you go watch that that combine, that was what stuck out to me is you, you, you see guys run the 40 and it's like – you can see on their face that they are forcing this. You see that when they get in their stands that this is all they worked on for a month. They went out to Florida or flew to Arizona or somewhere and worked with a specialist for an A40. When I watched AJ's 40, I could tell that was the most natural thing. That was that was another thing that stood out on this player, his natural ability to just wake up out of bed and play. Like it, it just, you know what I'm saying? You just seen that in the 40. You seen that in the drills. You just tell in his face, this is effortlessly, I could do this, you know? You seen that in other players' face. I'm not saying that wasn't just him, but that was just what stood out to me on his 40. Um, he's a physical player. Uh, if we're talking about corners, this is a guy who doesn't shy away from uh, hits. Um, he's a corner, though. So, like I said, in reality, I'm not expecting him to be my best tackler. I'm not even expecting him to be my top five tacklers, top seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really not bringing you in here to tackle. So, that is a, like a, a a wasted point when people say – because I, I, on his uh, – the analysts say that he's he tends to arm tackle and stuff like that, which I can see that. I can see it, but I don't care. <laughs> he's a corner. He's a cornerback. I really do not expect to put him in that many tackling uh, situations, okay? Um, so he's physical. He's very hands-on. Um, if this is my third season, so people who've been here for three seasons, they know part of the reason I like Robert Alford. Y'all hated him because he got 15-yard penalties. And, hey, I'd rather that 15 than six. I'd rather that 15-yard penalty than six. So a lot of people say he's hands-on. That, that, that To me, that that's just a physical dude, you know. Um, his mental health, I think, uh, you didn't see a breakdown after the, after the national championship. I don't even think he ran to Twitter and tried to defend himself. I really don't. I, I, I like I, if I'm thinking correctly, I don't think he got on Twitter and was like, "Man, that dude suck." Man, I can see him. you didn't see him mentally on the field break down and cry. You, you, you seen him handle this well, even in the questions in uh, on the draft. You saw him handle himself well. Even his coach Dabble Sweeney says, "You're getting a Deshaun Watson leader on the defense, which is amazing." So uh, I, that's a check to me. To see a young guy come in and uh, you see him able to block out the noise. You see him able to do that and enjoy the moment and uh, compartmentalize what's going on. Because, like I said, uh, even the, and this is another point that I was going to make. All of those draft people, you got to think. Life hit them fast, especially the top ones. So the, the players from Alabama, LSU and Clemson, they were playing in the playoffs. Well, Alabama didn't, but they were playing in big games. Less as soon as the big game is over with, they got to prepare for the combine. I mean, like you, you got to think. Are they thinking about school? Does that school don't even matter right now? I'm about to make millions of dollars. I got to go to the NFL. So boom, they they go to uh, train wherever they train. They got to focus on that. Then the draft comes up. Then the draft is over. Now Corona is here. Like they dealt with a lot. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think mentally they're ready. They're prepared. Um, he's battle tested. He's battle tested. That's a big thing. You get a lot of guys who got these first round draft picks, and and 
I ain't saying nothing about the divisions. But the ACC and the SEC, you know you're going to get a guy who's battle-tested out of the ACC and the SEC. Um, no offense to other guys, but it's just the talent that he played. He's, he's played in two national championships. And I'm, I said this on my live. The 16 games that we played during the regular season, them 16 games, he's played in at least about five games counting national championship in the the two playoff games and maybe another game outside of that. Five games with more pressure than those 16 games. Do you hear me? He He is unique in that he's coming in built for the pressure. Do you think that week one he gonna be he gonna be nervous because he in the NFL. But do you think the pressure will get to him? No. Like I said, he was mentally tested and he played in two national championship games. I I I think if I'm if I'm even correct if I'm I, I think that their attendance at the national championship is actually more than uh the NFL regular season. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I'm willing. Yeah, that I don't know that for sure. Like I said, I don't, I don't like to put certain stuff in the air. But I'm almost positive that he played in front of a more more of an audience than he will in all of those 16 games. So you talk about battle tested. He's good. Okay. Um, they say he's a bad tackler. I say when I watch the film. He's a good tackler for a corner. I don't see I I don't see him dive at the shoelaces. He does get real low, but the lowest man wins. So he, I never understood that. <laughs> like when people was like the corner, he die low, lowest man wins. So uh, I think he's a great tackle, very aggressive. When you watch the film, you watch games, and it, it's games that I've watched, whole games of him, where he might not be the loudest. Like like I compared him with Jalen Ramsey. He might not be as vocal as Jalen Ramsey, but his his play talks. And when he make a play, he gonna let you know he just made that play. I even seen it in a couple of in high school some hits, and he, you know, what I'm saying he stand over you, gonna let you know, let you feel it. So that's a player that maybe his personality isn't loud and boisterous, but his play definitely is. So he's aggressive, um, and he leads by example, which is a great leader. I think that's the the leader that you're gonna get. I don't think. Uh, and I could be wrong. Like I said, I, I, I didn't practice with him in depth. I didn't practice with him in Clemson, and I didn't see him when he's going to go to the NFL. But I, he strikes me as a guy who just leads by example. Like, he's one of those guys who when he does talk, like he – because he is a talker. When he does talk, hear it. But he not – you know what I'm saying? He's not going to be goofy. Very professional. Has a very professional face when he's in the building. Very professional. Uh you know what I'm saying? Just a, a a leader. I can't speak to that, that he will be a leader um, on the defense. Maybe not because uh, we got Ricardo and guys like that, Dion. So maybe not right away, which takes pressure off of him. Um, but he will be. Um, pure athlete. He's a pure, 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 pure athlete. Um, pure athlete. That's great. Um, like I said, his vert is crazy. Speed, hips, um, great hips for a tall corner. Um, footwork seems good to me. I haven't seen him do any specific foot uh, drills, but seeing him turn his hips and flip his hips, like just break on stuff, feet are great. Um, so, ooh, excuse me. Those are all the positives. I'm gonna go through some of the negatives. Like I said, these ain't my negatives. Ooh, excuse me, these ain't my negatives though, because I don't like to talk about certain players. So. Some of his negatives were could face concerns about handling uh, jumping competition, leggy with a thin lower half and high center of gravity, 
Uh, struggles to gather and remain phased with court comebacks. Uh, pop up uh, tall and false steps driving downhill from top and uh, pedal. Angle to catch point needs to become more aggressive. Loses focus from cover three shuffle allowing receivers to get behind. Recovery speed appears uh, to be very average. Need to feel... And support run better consistency takes angles of arm tackler, which that's stupid because he's a cornerback. Like uh, that, that was dumb. But those are what the analyst said. His niggas, like I said, I'm on NFL.com. That's what they said. Um, the only one I agree with is they said recovery speed seems to be average. He four four two. So take that off. Takes angles of arm tackler. So did Dion. So does Jalen Ramsey sometimes. Like, come on, take that off. He's a corner. Uh, need to feel support run with better consistency. Uh, I'm going to be honest. A lot of these, especially the one where it says, where does it say? Um, struggles with to gather the rain. For, no, not that one. Loses focus from cover three shuffle. Cover three is uh, when if he's the third corner well cover three is three people back deep covering three the the defense can kind of pick choose which two the third person usually it's cover three so that they're saying basically if he don't have the flats he got to back up and he lose track of the player i watched uh some of the clemson games and you know the vibe that they gave me and he gave me sometimes it's almost like when you golden state and Golden State, when they were running, going through their phases, Golden State knew, okay, all this in-between time is really childish. I'm going to be in a national championship. I'm going to play. So I got that vibe from Clemson. Some games where it's like, okay, they could have ran through the talent where they stuck in. Uh, I think that was the Wake Forest game, actually. Or one game, uh, Georgia Tech. Or some some game that they stayed in that is just like they had no business being in it. But you got to think when you uh, – preparing for the end of the year like you you having scouts and stuff like or you're scouting uh playoff teams only i can see where you lose a little focus in the nfl it's a little bit higher stakes than that that's why you have divisions and stuff like that so i i see him being evolved you know what i mean like laser focus all 16 games because all six games do matter in college you play less games and you play the competitions all over the place um but you see what he does when he's on the, on the field of competition so those are some of the negatives um other than that i guess they're true if they had a player profile they've been watching this guy for a minute they probably seen more film than me but none of those are like nah this is a bad player this was a bad pick none of those stand out and say this is a bad pick you know what i mean um so with all that being said that's who you get so where does he fit where does aj terrell fit day one uh where does he fit I, I wrote this question down. I didn't really think too much of it. Obviously, I want him starting. Um, ideally, I would like uh, Kendall Sheffield to actually be the the slot corner and have two tall corners on the outside. That's if we're running uh, nickel or dime, like having an extra corner in there. If we're not having an extra corner, obviously, I would like Kendall Sheffield and A.J. Terrell to start. Um, but also... Uh, I think Dan Quinn has to figure out day one who, what style player can he guard. We obviously want him to uh, to guard the taller wide receivers, but can he guard the quick, shifty guys? 
can he guard tight ends? Can he guard the thicker receivers? Um, can he guard running backs? And obviously he's going to be asked to do all those things. So the more he can do, the more he'll be on the field and all the places you go. You know, you got some formations where the uh, offense is tight um, and they might bring in a jumbo package or something like that, but they throw out of it. So you might have on the edge, you might have two tight ends. Can he uh, allow – so Dan Quinn might say, hey, I want uh, Keanu Neal to come down and meet the tight end on the line, and AJ, I want you to come back and play safety. Um, Can he do stuff like that in certain formations? Can he be, when we throw in extra uh, cornerbacks, can he come in and play linebacker and guard the receiver from that part of the field? You know, just stuff like that. The more he does that, the more, obviously, he'll be featured in the uh, defense. Um, He played – inside outside in college so i think he can i think he can he will um like i said test him through the fire so uh that's all about aj um like i said we're gonna talk more and more throughout the year because he's a part of the family he's a part of the team so uh it's kind of weird talking about somebody who you know but at the same time it's like exciting because it's like dog this is the best situation uh for him um on to his his sparring partner or not his sparring partner, but his his draft partner, Marlon Davison. Uh, not gonna lie, he didn't. He's he's a weird guy. Now that I'm reviewing more film, um, he didn't play a lot. He did. He's a star. He didn't play in a lot of packages. He was not featured in a lot of packages. Um, he was he was more so of a, a rushing guy. Um, when they when they play running teams, he was kind of schemed out. Um, but which is weird because you see he was uh, very versatile. We're talking about Marlon Davidson now. He's very versatile on the line. I think he can play all the positions on the D line. Uh, be an edge rusher in the NFL. I think he can. Um, he probably had to lose a little weight. He is a little slow. He ran like a five something. Um, but I do see him. He's able to play all over the line. Uh, 303 pounds. 303 pounds. This sounds pretty good for NFL. 303, 6'3". Um, yeah, if I could get that 303 to 295 if he's good with his uh if he's good with his uh weight at that some people, you know, aren't uh, can't adjust the weight. So if he's good at playing 295 63, I would love it. I'd love it. I'd love to see him play on the edge. Um he had 46 tackles 3 years in a row. So we're getting a decent tackler. Um, great tackles for loss. Plays in the backfield. Plays in the backfield. When he does play, plays in the backfield. I mean, this is a guy who uh, numbers look similar to the uh, Derrick Brown, who is the like the guy at Auburn. I think his name is Derrick Brown. So his numbers were similar. So like I said, it at second, th- this pick is like mind blowing that they scouted this guy because. He was on people's boards, but he just wasn't. Like I said, I, I think the analysts wanted to stay away from him because of how he played. He didn't play uh, on rundowns, so like first and second down. He really didn't play a lot. Um, teams that they ran, uh, they ran against, they ran against Auburn a lot. Um, like I said, he was able to scheme out of there, which is so weird, being that he is a versatile guy. So uh, he is slower, quick with his hands, very aggressive, very slithering. Um, can move his body. He can 303 pounds. He knows how to move that. So uh, that's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty great for us. Um, we're getting a player who 
I didn't get the vibe of a high motor, but I saw a high motor place. You know, if that makes sense. Like I didn't get the vibe that he brings that day in, day out, that high motor. But it was it was plays on film that showed me, okay, this guy chased down the ball, uh, relentless, doesn't give up. Um, so that that's just great as a player. Obviously I can't talk to his character and, and stuff like that. Like I could as far as AJ because like I said, I, I haven't been following this guy since um high school. This is all I got. You know what I mean? So this is what y'all gonna get. Alright? So uh the number one million dollar question, where does he fit? Day one, I see the perfect listen, the perfect lineup for me. And I'm gonna draw it out on the board. It's eleven players. The perfect lineup would be Tack McKinley at left end. Then Grady Jarrett next to Tack McKinley. Marlon Davidson. And then on the other side of him is Dante Fowler. Then you move up a level. On the right outside linebacker, I would have Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal would be my starting right linebacker. Middle linebacker would be, uh, what's his name? Alua Fulcon. The line, the other linebacker, obviously, Deion Jones. Now, this is weird because Deion Jones used to play middle linebacker. Because he's so fast, he can cover the field, and that's why uh, Dan Quinn likes him. But we just got so much faster and stronger, even with Marlon Davidson uh, in the middle and A.J. on the outside, Kendall Sheffield, uh, DeMonte Casey. We just got faster to where – that speed isn't as important right there. I think uh, Deion Jones serves a better role uh, at outside linebacker. You saw some of the games where he was getting schemed out. You talk about Marlon Davidson getting schemed out. Uh, Deion Jones, when we do RPOs and he's in the middle of the field worrying about three things at once, he gets schemed out of the game a lot. Um, a lot of people don't want to talk about the last two years. Uh, he's been declining because of that. Deion Jones has been declining because of that. Um, not injuries, just hasn't been showing up. So that that's another reason why our defenses look like that. So to allow him not to be schemed out, I think you can put him at uh, outside linebacker. Kendall Sheffield, AJ, Ricardo Allen, Demonte Casey. That's the starting uh, defense. You get better the more versatile you are. Versatile, versatile, versatile. So Marlon Davidson being versatile allows me in jumbo packages. Maybe I want to take who's ever skinnier between uh, Dante Fowler and Tack McKinley. I can take them out, put them there, put another big in the middle. Um, it would help. That's why I said if he drops some pounds because he runs five, five flat. It would help if he could drop some pounds. That way, if he does play edge, I can drop him back in, in the flats. You know what I'm saying? Or I, I trust him to make the open field tackle on the screen. Nothing shows me that he won't. Like I said, he's a great open field tackler. He's a great tackler for loss. Plays in the backfield. So uh, the best thing for him and the best thing for Dan Quinn is to get the most out of these guys is to move them around. Um, the most versatile players on our defense to me probably would be Keanu, Dante Fowler, and maybe Marlon Davidson because Keanu Neal can come up and play linebacker. He can stick with the tight ends. Uh, not a great cover, but he just is can do that and can hit. Dante Fowler because he's a skinnier, faster DN, so he can come go up a level and play linebacker. Marlon Davidson just because he can play every uh, position on the D line, and what that looks for us is Grady Jarrett has been balling these last couple of years. Grady Jarrett has been balling, man, but he he ain't had no help. He ain't had no help. And imagine y'all at work. I don't know what y'all you do, but imagine your first job. You're just sixteen, 
and McDonald's, it's lunch line. You know what I'm saying? If you back there frying the fries by yourself, that's when you just tell, hey, pull up, pull up to the parking spot right there. I come in five minutes. You ain't got no help. You look bad. You look, he's like, man, this cook suck. But no, nah, we get that boy some help. So now we got like two people on the fryer. We got two people on the. So now the fryer's getting, getting them in and out. Oh, these fries crispy. They good. That to me is Marlon Davidson. Marlon Davidson is the extra fryer, the extra cook that we about to give Grady Jarrett. Marlon Davidson is the extra cook that we about to give. So now you see, okay, Grady Jarrett might demand two people. Depending on what side he is, that frees up the DN. There's only five people on the line and a, and a running back. So now, it, and then, then, see, that's another thing that we can do with the defense. If I put pressure on that line, I keep the running back in. Now I'm asking less of my linebackers. I'm asking less of less of my corners. So complimentary football here is the goal. Um, you get the player that that was the player. What do you call it? Profile the two players. Like I said, Marlon Davidson. I'm sorry, y'all. It was a little short just because I, I don't know the backup. But in one and two, that's what we get. We getting a, a stud, an athlete, a baller at corner. And we're getting great help. He's the help. Marlon Davidson is the help. So when y'all have your expectations of him, and like, he's like, man, he ain't doing good. Remember, he is just the help. He is there to help Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett and to soon be a star, play into that role. So that's the new look Falcons, man. Uh, that's the that's the AJ and Marlon Davidson profile. Um, I didn't get into Matt Hennessy, that's the center, and Michael Walker and Jalen Hawkins. Just because, like I said, that, that takes time, man. I got to watch film. I got stuff to do. I do stuff during the day, man. You know what I'm saying? Believe it or not, I know I'm busy flying to cities and cities. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I got stuff to do. So, next podcast, uh, Matt Hennessy, uh, Michael, Jalen, it's to y'all. Hopefully, y'all listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, y'all been sharing enough and it's on the circuit to where people starting to hear my podcast. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm getting better. I don't know. Caleb's sleep, so obviously I suck today. I put my engineer to sleep, but uh, I'm getting better. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm talking. How are y'all doing? Is everybody doing okay? Uh, are y'all you know what I'm saying? Living through this these times? I guess so. You got to. Um, thank y'all for listening. I appreciate y'all. Hopefully, I'm y'all source of relief. Uh, even though we're at the other side of this quarantine thing. Um, I think it's not over, but we're just, you know, on the over the hill. So everybody stay safe, man. Like I said, try to get people to subscribe. I've been very analytical these last two podcasts. I promise you during the season, I'm a lively up. I'm going to get more fun, crack a little bit more jokes when I got some film to watch, when I got players to talk about. But uh, we, we're getting real analytical right now leading up to, uh, what do you call it, summer camp, summer practices and stuff like that. So. I appreciate y'all for listening. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your partners, tell your mamas, tell your mom's friends, tell your aunties, tell your neighbors, tell the tell the FedEx man and the Amazon man. Tell them folks at Amazon know me. They fired me. Tell them like say, hey, y'all remember Dalen who fired all y'all? Am- I'm telling y'all. Tell them be like, hey, you know Dalen, the man is, is doing this right now. He don't need y'all. He don't need that 15 hour. Don't tell him I don't need that 15 hour, but you know. So all right, man, y'all be easy.